for real. Oh, really? That's how you feel. And the guys be like, asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, Ryan Eldridge, what is your team of 2022? Listen, there's a lot of teams and fan bases that can go out and take this award. You have teams like Washington, like Tennessee, like LSU, who after years in the gutter have finally come out and are on the upper echelon of college football. You could also go with a Tulane or even like a Troy out of the G5. Um, but I'm going to go on a beaten path and say Michigan. Uh, Harbaugh, a couple years ago, had no business being the coach of Michigan, wasn't able to elevate them to a place where Michigan fans deserve and the big house deserves. But, you know, last year they make it to the college football playoff, beat Ohio State. And this year we see them improve on that. They beat Penn State 41-17. They beat Ohio State 45-23. And I think the fact that they've been able to build on that success and be so far a perfect team and really with Georgia 1A, 1B, uh, Michigan have really proven that they're like one of the top dogs in college football, one of the top four um, in the nation. And, and Michigan fans have every right to be excited going into the New Year's. I think uh, you make some great points, and Michigan certainly can be up there. I think, um, you know, having been with the Washington team throughout the whole season, I would love to pick them. But my team of the year is Morocco. Oh, yeah, why not? Team of destiny <laughs> why in, not? in yep. the World Cup. I mean, just an incredible run to make to the semifinals. And, hey, Morocco is my team <laughs> of the year. You said it didn't have to be college It, it doesn't need to be football. And, and I have plenty of non-football-related uh, awards, including uh, later awards such as the I've thrown up in my own, excuse me, the I've thrown up in my own mouth moment of the year. It will be coming up shortly, but right now we have to talk about <laughs> some of these bowl games. Tellier, UNC versus Oregon, minus 14.5 for Oregon. What do you see for this game? Both of these teams have pretty terrible defenses, okay? Let me, <laughs> let, let's start with the defense of North Carolina. They are bottom 15 out of 131 teams. They are bottom 15 in touchdown rate, first down rate, and red zone touchdown percentage. To, they're, when their opponent gets into the red zone, they allow touchdowns 78% of the time, that's, which is good crazy. for third worst. That's crazy. In all of that's college crazy. football. Yeah. How can you be a, a top team in a Power 5 conference at a public university of North Carolina and, and, and not be able to stand up at the goal line a few times? Makes no sense. That's what I'm saying. I mean, and that's not even just scoring. Like they, they, not even field goals, but just pure touchdowns. Yeah, that that's crazy. I mean, UNC had this crazy run where they started nine and zero. You know, Drake May was on that Heisman watch for a little bit, but then we see them just go on a string of of absolutely terrible games. Like they give up twenty one to Georgia Tech, and then give up thirty to NC State without a quarterback. Like they don't have Devin Leary, and then they go out and lose to Clemson 39 to 10 and that one I'm livid about because I bet on UNC for that game I was like Drake (laughs) may surely he has to get on track and then I watched those first few possessions where DJ you could not get a pass on target um 
And then they bring in they, they they give up 39 points to a backup QB and Kid Klubnik is you know one of the top QBs in his class, but he's still a freshman. He's 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Like my goodness, that, that's what I'm saying. And you know I love to hate on like a Lincoln Riley, someone that's consistently not able to get stops. But if I have to be fair here, I have to give the same hate to North Carolina who with their prolific offense wasn't able to get it done and and like you said that's from the back of just absolutely atrocious defense and I think that Oregon minus 14 and a half definitely reflects the difference between these two teams yeah and you like you look at because North Carolina has such a bad defense and then the offense of Oregon top five in the nation in touchdown rate first down rate 10 or more yard rushes, explosive plays, and red zone rate. It's just incredible the difference that's put together. However, however, North Carolina coming off of a three-game losing streak, they're going to hit their stride. I've got North Carolina plus 14.5 with a backdoor cover. It has to be backdoor. There's no other way. Uh, Absolutely. It's got to be late into the fourth quarter. Um I think the difference maker in this game is that Bo Nix is married. <laughs> I think is he? He is married. Yep. Okay. Yep. Married. I think from a girl from Auburn. Okay. His days there, but okay. Um, you know, now that he's got his life all set, to, all set, and he's got another year set at Oregon as well. Uh, I think Drake May has a lot to prove to not only himself and the team, but also to all the potential suitors out there for him who are able to see him on the biggest stage. I think, uh, yeah. So, so you're going, you're going Ducks minus fourteen and a half. No, I, I like UNC because Drake May is not married. Oh, I, he, see, yeah, I see, I yeah. see, I see. I get and, it. Now. And and we played sports growing up, and we know from personal experience that the pressure and the adrenaline builds when there are people in the fans, right? To when, be fair, when the potential suitors in the you fans, don't, right? you don't think he could get distracted by the candidates in the crowd. That you was know, always I, an issue for me. Like, out on the basketball floor, uh, listen, front the, row, the someone's looking pretty at the me. Difference between one a, the difference between 1A Washington high school players and <laughs> and D1 college football players. What are you trying players. to say about me? <laughs> I, I didn't say nothing. But uh, the difference between people like us and a D1 college football player like Drake May is his ability to lock in. Not only... On the field, but off the field as yeah, he's well. He's got to prove it. So, yeah, I like it. Especially, he's in a new city now. Uh, you know, has has the chance to have the weekend of his life. I'm going, Drake May. So we've got, we both got the heels to cover. Yep. Got the heels in, in, back uh, door in the back door, of course. Can't, in back door, can't be anything else. Yep. Uh, I think th- this is the highest over under of any bowl game this entire year. Over under is seventy five. Yeah, that's that's, that's nuts. way up there. That's crazy. And I think that people still think it goes over. It, and to me, it's such an obvious over that it makes it an under. You do. You're you do. also playing at Petco Park. Any game that's in a baseball stadium has to go under. Absolutely. And it's baseball scores. It's just how it works. It, it's it's like you do the math on that, and like f- even a score like forty thirty four doesn't hit that over. And right, that's like. That's maybe like three or four stops combined for both teams. So yep. I see one of these teams eventually getting a stop. We saw Drake May. Yeah, Drake May only scored 17 against Georgia, Georgia Tech. And we saw Bo Nix have struggles in recent weeks. So I love the under on that. I love the backdoor cover for little UNC. same game parlay yep. there. Give it a lock on that. Absolutely. Ooh. Is that a guarantee from Ryan Eldridge? <laughs> guarantee from... 
the football college football wizard, <laughs> as they call him. As they call him. Okay, Ryan, uh, next game on the docket, Syracuse versus Minnesota. This one also in a baseball stadium at Yankee Stadium. Syracuse coming in 7-5. and five. Boy, what a what an up-and-down roller coaster of a season for Syracuse. They start off 6-0, and way up in the rankings. Then they lose five straight, come back, beat Bellevue College, Boston College, pardon me. <laughs> um, Minnesota favored by 10 in this with an over-under of 42. Minnesota has only allowed 13.3 points per game and just barely over 100 rush yards per game. The Golden Gophers defense in the Bronx could lock it down. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Syracuse have had a roller coaster of a year, and I think anyone with eyes could see that as 6-0, they were not the team that they wanted to, that that they deserved to be, I should say, or deserve to be in that spot of 6-0. But... Sean Tucker, man, with his tweets, every single time saying he's pleased with his performance, not there, not there for Syracuse anymore. And obviously the backbone of that entire offense, maybe that entire team as well. Yeah, he's got like, back-to-back 100-yard hundred yard rushing games, and, and like right when he's getting hot and helping his team, he's gone. Yeah, meanwhile, Mo Ibrahim, back, back in for the hey, game. Hey, talk about a guy that will stick it out with your team. Mo Ibrahim. Is that yeah, we're going Ibra- with it. I- Ibra- I- I- Ibrahim. 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 It's Mo. It's you know, Mo. Uh, it's Mo. For- he is Ibrahim. Mo. Mo is him. Mo is him. He is him. Okay. Yep. That, that's got to be it. Off the back. Well, what's the spread for that game? Uh, Minnesota minus 10. Oh, I love that. I love that. Syracuse will have less than 15 plays in the Minnesota half. Mm. I'm calling that right now. I So, so, so- I think if. I think if. Whoa! Wait, say that one more time. Think, it's, I think Syracuse will have less than fifteen plays in the Minnesota. They will. They will snap the ball fewer than fifteen times. I think so. Yeah, I think they'll have in a half. No, in in the Minnesota half of their oh, of the field. Yeah, no, I can get behind yeah. that. I can get behind less that. than fifteen times. I find it hard to believe that they'll score more than ten points. I think they'll probably have seven. <laughs> I think, so I think like it'll be like a twenty-seven game, and then that's an easy. I you know, so so my my play my play is so it's over under forty-two with a ten-point spread. That's Minnesota twenty-six, Syracuse sixteen. I am gonna go ahead and buy a point and a half on the Syracuse team total and take under seventeen and a half and put like five nuggets on it. On the Sy- oh, I love it. If Syracuse I, if I, under team total. If I'm saying under ten points, I'm giving myself what? That's like six and a half points of of wiggle room there for me. Yep. I'm absolutely buying that team total as well. I love it. Yeah, five nuggets on the Syracuse team total of under seventeen and a half. I love it. I'm locking in. I'm locked, locked and loaded. Locked in. I mean so many locks for these bull games. The, the game is gonna be one and lost in the trenches. That's just you know, I mean, that's how both Minnesota teams are going to run the ball, and it's Absolutely. in a baseball stadium, yep. so obviously it's got to be low. It's got to be the under. Absolutely. It's got to be. Yep. Team total under Syracuse. Lock it. Next game on the docket: Oklahoma and Florida State. Oklahoma at six and six gets matched up with nine and three at number thirteen ranked Florida State. I don't know how Oklahoma backed into this bowl game, but it's Florida State by nine and a half. The over under is set at sixty six. Florida State's on a five-game winning streak. They're top 10 in the offense in pretty much every single category possible. And let's not forget, they have the sixth most rushes of 10 or more yards in the country. Yeah, I mean, I think this is 
the biggest bowl game outside of the top six, the New Year's Six Bowls? I think I think it's the biggest statement game for for either. I, I think for program. both teams, this is huge, and for both these fan bases, if you win this game, you're absolutely excited going into next season and if you're not you're absolutely depressed we're talking about the oklahoma team who yes they lose caleb williams they lose jordan addison over the past year but they don't lose that many players Mm -hmm. with the lincoln riley leaving and then they have brett bielema who yes dylan gabriel's hurt but their roster is still like top 10 Mm-hmm. in the nation you were and there's no reason they should be six and six playing in that big 12 where they're probably like a top two top three roster in that division uh so if brett bilma is able to turn it around this season and then or this game and then look into next season hot then i think oklahoma fans will have something to cheer about but more likely it's going to be that mike norvell and his Seminoles are able to keep it going with Jordan Travis, who is playing in this game and coming back for next season, will absolutely take control of this game. Watching Oklahoma this year, there's no reason to think that they will turn it around this soon. And so I love FSU in this position, who have, like you said, five-game winning streak and have consistently been able to put their foot on the gas and just beat teams over over the stretch. Yeah, I think Trey Benson runs all over the Oklahoma defense. And I mean this this both of these teams run the ball more than 56% of the time. So they're snapping it and running it over, way over half the time. And Oklahoma's rush defense is allowing 10 or more yard rushes so often, way too often. They're 103rd in the nation in run defense. I don't think, I mean, Florida State's Trey Benson runs all over them, and Oklahoma does not have Eric Gary, who's got over 1,300 yards on the season as their main back. And I think Florida State probably wins by 20. Yeah, and you didn't even mention Jordan Travis, who he's someone that can get 15, 20 yards on a scramble, and I don't think anyone on that Oklahoma team can spy Jordan Travis, you might need to have two spies there, but we saw that the Oklahoma team, you know, against Quinn Ewers in Texas, they're not great on the pass either. So mm-hmm. nothing is going for them on that defense. Something that uh, in the games that we've talked about, of course, Oregon, UNC, now Oklahoma, just bad defenses all around. That just seems to be the kind of the the shared factor in all of these games. And like. I love Jordan Travis. I love that FSU team, and I think Mike Norvell is going to do something great with that program. I think, like I said before, I think FSU is going to get the job done. I see no reason why the train should stop now. So what do you think about that? Because Venable comes in as a defensive coordinator, one of the best in the country out of Clemson. He comes to Oklahoma, who has pretty much been an offensive-only team for the last decade or so, if not more. And it's a defensive coordinator at the head coach spot. How is that defense not better? I don't like. I, I don't. I don't understand that phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate going from like full, like a full offense with Lincoln Riley and going back more towards defense with Brett Bilma. I think the hire itself and the philosophy of it is fine. But if we just want to, we haven't done any coaching grades. But I think if we want to talk about terrible coaches i think he's bottom two in, in new coaches it's it's between him and 
you know, Mario Cristobal at Miami has probably yeah, he, he just got it worse. But Brett Bilima is not that far behind, and he, he, what's tough for him is that he doesn't have an excuse that he doesn't have a team. He doesn't have the excuse that all of his players left with Lincoln Riley. It's he still got an, an incredible roster, and you know, as a defensive mind, he should be able to get it together. But you look at the amount of points that have been sport, scored against him, Texas, Oklahoma obviously is the one that comes to mind and it's just his seat is already incredibly warm Mm -hmm. and his seat is red hot if he doesn't win this next game I don't know about that I think I think you got to give him one more year to fully recruit but I think I think the idea that you have to recruit is a little outdated now with the transfer portal with NIL well you have to recruit through the portal yeah, still so, recruiting. But, but you give him one year, but the the idea that you get a coach and you say, oh, wait four years because then he'll have his players as upperclassmen isn't the case anymore. So I'll give him one more year, but I think that Oklahoma fan base and who that's kind of in Norman, Oklahoma, that's all they have is football. Yeah. Is if, if they lose this game and then they start off slow, like Nebraska this year go two and three at the beginning of the season next year, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out, if if he starts mm-hmm. two and three next season after a loss here. Is that is that fair to say? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I considering think, I the think fans fair to say. Con- I considering think the town of Norman, I think I think it's fair. I mean, they're pretty much a win now kind of program. But I just <laughs> I think it's funny. It's like it's like a girl trying to trying to make green lights out of the red flags <laughs> of, of like this toxic guy. Listen, it's like, you know what? I'll give him, I'll give him one more chance. You know, he's, he's, only, he's he only been to jail recruit. once, <laughs> only one time. It's like, it's like the head coach of Oklahoma is just so toxic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, well now hold on. Let's give him one more chance. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know if he'll be able to change, but uh, he's only got one more shot to do it. Okay. Uh, Texas and Washington, probably my, favorite game coming up obviously because of our attachment to UW on paper Texas should probably route Washington given given their defense that they have because Washington's defense is awful oh my god yeah like porous yeah, yeah. how much and did we give up the color well we gave up seven how many how much did we give up to Colorado to Colorado maybe like 10 points not many but there's a there's another game where we like Cal, we gave oh, up. No, it was Arizona. Oh, Arizona, yeah, Arizona. just yeah. ran all over us. Yeah, <laughs> Arizona, it was, uh, like, we, like we gave up 39 to Arizona. We gave up only seven to Colorado. But yeah, it was the Arizona game. Yeah, it was 49-39, Washington versus Arizona. Yeah. That's that's bad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure you have stuff to say about this, but I think on paper, that's the difference maker between these two teams is is how good that Texas defense is and how bad the Washington defense is. But we know that we're not going to have B. John Robinson for Texas. Yep. No Roshan Johnson either, who who's also huge. Yep. So they're going to have to go off of they're the going back true of, freshman. Well, they're going to be passing the ball a lot with Quinn Ewers. And, yeah. and you know I love him. I love, yep. you know, that he, the he's mullet. basically... <laughs> he's the mullet. He's, he's true. He's just a Texas guy with the mullet from South Lake Carroll. Um but yeah, this year he's just not been it. And he came out of Texas as this perfect recruit, wasn't able to get on the field at, at Ohio State. Uh, you know, he's going to score a lot of points on this Washington defense, and 
going into next season, we're going to hear a lot of buzz about him, especially with Arch Manning coming up. Yeah. But what's to say that Michael Penix gets stopped in this game when he hasn't been stopped all season? The... the- the only way I see, like, the only way that Oregon really stayed in the game against Washington was because of turnovers. And Oregon, or sorry, Texas's defense does not force turnovers. They are 100th or worst in the country in, def- in, in their defense turning the ball over interceptions, fumbles, and sacks. So they're, they're not, if they're not getting pressure on Mike Penix and he has all day to throw and he's not worried about intercepting it, and you got sure-handed receivers, so they're not going to fumble it. Texas isn't going to turn over Washington. And we know how important the turnover battle is. So if Washington can go positive one in the turnover category and and, Tex, and, and Mike Penix doesn't throw any balls away, I think Washington runs away with it, honestly. I, I've got Washington money line locked yeah. up. Locked Ooh, we, we I know we're we both have, in on that big. We have some, we have some <laughs> big bets on that Washington A few nuggies yeah. there. <laughs> and, and, you know, this, this might go... Like unnoticed, but Washington has all their players coming back. Every like, single, every, like every single everybody, guy, all the seniors on the offensive line. Unless they're line. completely out. Well, oh, you mean just for the bowl game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just just for the bowl, for the bowl game. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like all their seniors on the offensive line, which looking into next season is going to be a huge hole to fill. Mm-hmm. At least they'll have them this, you know, this game. And I think that in their final game, they'll be looking to put in a clinic against that defense. Yeah, I, so I think we, you I'm talk so about press. Yeah, and I, I I love this Washington offensive line. And I think that they'll be able to put the job done. Like you said, I think Michael Penix will be able to not feel that pressure. And, and like you said, the, the interceptions that he throws are from that pressure that he normally feels from that defensive line. So I see no reason why he shouldn't be able to, you know, throw for 400 and, you know, eventually out duel Quinn Ewers in this high flying battle. I think so, too. I think the over is, is certainly within reach as well. Um, but yeah, Washington Mayland. The only downside to this game, although I'm so excited to watch it, I will be watching in Yakima, Washington, <laughs> <laughs> Palm Springs of Washington. It's baby. just not the most ideal spot to be watching. Probably the biggest game of the year for UW football. Uh, biggest game of the year coming up for South Carolina as well. They're on an absolute heater, and Notre Dame going in the other direction. No quarterback, no tight end. South Carolina's got a shot here. Yeah, if you if you just look at the stats for South Carolina, because you, you have your spreadsheet going, and all of South Carolina is red because they're in the oh, first yeah. <laughs> they're in the first part of that season. Oh my goodness, Spencer Rattler just looks like you know a guy with no arms trying to sling the ball back there. But in recent weeks, of <laughs> course, <laughs> slinging it with no arms. <laughs> we know they beat Tennessee sixty three thirty eight with Tennessee not a great defense but to put sixty three on any team is is absolutely incredible and then they beat Clemson thirty one thirty but that's a Clemson with DJU uh, so I don't know how well I don't know what Spencer Rattler I'm going to see coming into this game but what I do know is that Notre Dame like you said no Drew Pine so they're starting a freshman quarterback no Michael Mayer the best tight end their best weapon on the field and also no Isaiah Foskey who 11 sacks six forced fumbles and according to CBS a number five edge and number five overall going into this game with Notre Dame minus two I love like a pick em here with mm-hmm. South Carolina, especially with how hot they've been, with how hot Spencer, Spencer Rattler has been. So give me South Carolina in this game. Notre Dame, they're definitely on the come up. 
But once again, this season, they did lose to Marshall. And I cannot bet on a team <laughs> that lost to Marshall. I don't know. Marshall's got a good program going. Yeah. Uh, the thing that just cracks me up about South Carolina is they are bottom five in the nation <laughs> in turnovers per play, fumbles per play, and negative plays per snap. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, my so Lord. bad. I think the fact that they, that they have won games against... Clemson and Tennessee back to back is an absolute flub. I've, well, got, I've got the like, Fighting like Irish. What, I've got the Fighting Irish here. That's one of the biggest like underlooked stories of this entire season, though. It's just South Carolina having the best two games of their life after their atrocious start, and in a in a program that is looking to fire their head coach, looking to get a new QB, and all of a sudden, in the 11th hour, they're able to you know, beat Tennessee, beat Clemson, who are both top 10 teams. Like, What a story about a Gamecocks. Is it Steve Angeli? Steve Angeli is... He's the quarterback? He is the quarterback. He's going to be yeah. starting? Do we know anything about him? I, I think he's a freshman. Well, yeah, we know that. Uh, he's from Westfield, New Jersey. He's 6'2", 211. Yeah, I love the guy. Go, <laughs> yeah. go fight the yeah. Irish. <laughs> Tall white guys that can sling it. Give me it. Yeah, that checks you, out. You, you you love your Daniel Joneses. Love my Daniel You love your Joneses. Mitch Trubisky's. Not really. Well, he's a tall white guy. He doesn't fits mean I automatically ball. like him. He's he not like, he's not like the, the pure quarterback that Daniel right. Jones is. Yeah, you know? Who else is a pure quarterback? Eli Manning. Eli Manning. <laughs> <laughs> any well, I'll, any, I'll any Giants, Giants quarterback, quarterback that can stand in the pocket and throw a good ball, that's my guy. Uh, so you're going South Carolina here. I think South Carolina, I love the plus two for them. Okay. I think... Yeah, give me the two points. Yeah, I've got Notre Dame every day of the week. Every day of the week. Um, okay, Ryan, our awards. Uh, just just so you know, next episode we're going to get to the uh, New Year's Six Bowls. Uh, that'll be a sun, fun one to uh, dive into. Yeah. But, Ryan, uh, for your comeback of the year, who do you have? So, going outside of football here, I got Pete Davidson. Oh, oh, yeah, come on yeah, now. The absolute come up by That's, that guy. That was great. Emily Ratajkowski. Come up or come back? The, well, hey, you got come, with Kim Kardashian. I'm pretty sure Yeah, she's like an all-time comeback. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, everyone that follows pop culture, and, and I'm certainly not one of them, one of the people that follows that that closely, but... Pete Davidson, what he's able to do off the court. My goodness. <laughs> my goodness. He is pulling far above his weight here. So, Pete Davidson, congratulations on getting the misinterpreted comeback of the year. Uh, from Tellier's end, my comeback of the year has been Matt Ryan. <laughs> because oh, no. he has allowed hey, no. the two largest comebacks in NFL hey, no. history. Hey, no. Both yeah, to the that, Patriots. That was, that was atrocious. Oh, jeez. And, and could you imagine that I had him one game for my fantasy team? Why? Jalen Hurts had a buy. So Jalen, you had drafted Matt Ryan. No, I took him off of waivers. Took him- of all people, Matt Ryan yep. off waivers, yep. which oh. goes to show why I didn't win this league this year. Yeah, we got that check. <laughs> Thank out. you, Stephon Diggs, Aaron Jones, <laughs> and Ramondre Stevenson for immaculate playoff performances. By the way, yep. Okay, Ryan, uh, your little bro of the year. This one a little bit more vanilla, but I just have to go with University of Florida. This was a team that mm. got a new head coach in Billy Napier, who he absolute menace on the mic. Uh, have a top five QB in Anthony Richardson, but were completely outclassed and outperformed by Mike Norvell by yep. FSU this yep. year. FSU was a team that and, and Oregon State in the yep. bowl game too. Yeah, abs- absolutely. That that another one. Did you see the effort by Florida? 
in that. Abysmal. It was it was awful. Awful. But you know, f- the FSU was a team that was supposed to be six and six. Florida, a team that was supposed to be you know around a ten and two, and right. those records have reversed. And it, where does Florida go from here? Yeah, my my little bro was Northwestern football at one and eleven. <laughs> one and eleven in the Big Ten did not win in North America. This entire that's year. true. Their yeah. one game was in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. uh, they cannot win they on should, US. They should soil. move their home, home <laughs> turf to Dublin. I love it. To Dublin. <laughs> yeah. So my little bro is uh, Northwestern football. Uh, really, Northwestern athletics all around. Yeah, They've got to they, pick it up. A, uh, they, they got some great academics and academic. Aca- at least ac- academically, they're good. So at least they can go for that. So tell you, going into the next the next one, I've you know gone first the past three. Yeah, so yeah. I want to know your opinion on this one who is the misinterpreted depressed fan base of the year uh i'm gonna go with iupui men's basketball indiana university purdue university of indianapolis i'm gonna Uh, need some context for this one yeah so okay so (laughs) iupui men's basketball is a team that held open tryouts because no one wanted their scholarships to play (laughs) so they had open tryouts before the season and although although they have won three games they are still 363rd out of 363 in the entire NCAA Division One college basketball rankings. In D1. In Division One, Is that... The Jaguars. Is that, is that a game where... Or is that a t- program where you could get onto it? Or Probably we... not. Probably not. But if they're holding open trials for just students. I'm I, a little I... too much of a Steve Angeli type <laughs> to, <laughs> to make the roster. If you... Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, they played a game last season with eight guys. No, oh, and they still covered, my, but obviously oh, they my lost. Lord, my obviously Lord. They lost. Oh wait, no, 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 they did not cover. They very much did not cover. <laughs> no, no, no. So uh, yeah, IUPUI is my depressed <laughs> fan base. <laughs> Who do you got? Right, it's hard to follow up that one. I just have Texas A and M. I mean, we're looking hey, at you're a, saying, the, you're paying sense. you're paying your head coach seventy five million. You go four and A with a historic draft class. You. You, you have quarterbacks in Haynes King and Max Johnson, who I said Spencer Rattler looked like a guy with no arm slinging it back there, but literally Haynes King, every single time he throws the ball, looks like he's about to dislocate his shoulder. <laughs> he really like, does. Like when, he, really he, does. he throws it above his head like he's reaching for the heavens. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like, he throws it like bowling a cricket in cricket. Yeah. Yes, that, that's a great way to say it. And on top of that, they're... Fan base is just so obnoxious. Every day before, every Friday before home games, they go to Allen Stadium or Allen Field and do their their cheers before the game, thirty thousand strong, and mm-hmm. then they have to go in a hundred degree heat on Saturday, you know, Saturday afternoon and watch their team lose to Appalachia State or just killer. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it's gotta suck being an Aggies fan this year, and I don't see that changing, you know, very soon until they get an OC. Um, so the depressed fan base, not only of the year but also of the off season, will have to be going to Texas A and M for myself. Yeah, I think uh, College Station has a lot of work to do, and uh, they're they might be in yeah, trouble. I don't be. know. They, their one lifeline is they will have some oil booster that will be willing to pay. Oh, for the sure. 75, Absolutely. If they want to get rid of him, the $75 million, the NILs, they, they have the money to work with. And oh, yeah. That money will always be there with, as long as, you know, we have gas-powered cars. You know, we probably see <laughs> lobbying against Tesla out of Texas A&M boosters. Uh, but that, you know, the electric cars, you know, and, and that entire industry, we will, I guess we'll see about that. Anyway, tell the next award we have mm-hmm. is the 
the misinterpreted oh look what do I have here award of the year. Who do you I, I am going with the James Madison Dukes in their first year at FBS. Great. They have been in FCS in the uh, past forever, and they finally make the move to the Sun Belt in the FBS. They go 8-3 and three in their final week. They beat Coastal Carolina, who was in the Sun Belt Championship, has one of the best programs uh, in that conference, but James Madison beats them 47-7. to seven. I think James Madison's on the up and up here. And listen, I love that pick because my betting account was flying high when I bet on James Madison in the first five weeks of the yeah, season. Yeah. yeah, Thumb and Kansas got me through, got me to a good point until I hit rough times in the stretch when yep. all the lines started to get adjusted. But yeah, James Madison, their first year, weren't eligible for a bowl game this right. year, but... Former former rival in the FCS of Elon University. Oh no, yeah, you betcha. Alma mater. But... James Madison next year will be a force to reckon with in, in the G5, especially with a lot of those great teams like Cincinnati moving into the Big 12. Well, we'll see where they go next year. We'll so, see if they can improve on it. But yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Ryan, what do you have there? I have Ohio State because this is a team that, in their game against Michigan, who was the essentially the decider of the college football playoff, were... I just absolutely destroyed by that Wolverines team. We saw CJ Stroud with terrible body language. And in the middle of that game, he was, you know, getting ready to party after that game. <laughs> yep. Enjoy his his life before the draft. And then, you know, I doubt they were even looking at the games the, you know, next Friday and Saturday. But they were probably getting text and alert on their phone saying, oh, USC lost. And then... Oh, LSU lost. And then, well, look, look what, do, what do I have here? I have a college football, you know, college football playoff game to play. Mm-hmm. And CJ Stroud, as he's hung over from partying for the fifth straight night of getting that, you know, signing bonus into the draft, has to play again. And I'm sure that was unexpected by them. And they will absolutely get destroyed by, by Georgia. Throttled! <laughs> well, whatever, the, uh, whatever the spread is for Georgia, I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll dive into that uh, on the next episode. So, uh, <laughs> Ryan, uh, your, your big dick moment of the year. Oh, this one's a no-brainer. Well, I, I, I have two. I have two for this one. Okay. I have, a, okay. I have two football ones, but one football adjacent. Okay, fair, say, okay. Fair, so the fair. first one is LSU going for two against Alabama oh, in yeah. that overtime. I think everyone will agree on me on that, but I think also the stat nerds agree with me on that. And after that one, I was thinking, you know, the, your chances of converting for two are probably more than 50%. You know? Yeah, so, i say so. So if you're getting two more than 50% of the time, then from, you know, the, the math perspective, your, your expected points is above one which puts it in a really tough place if you're the first team to go score. Do you go for one? Do you go for two? Because if you miss a two, then you just kick the field goal if you're the other team and you make it. Right. But LSU, absolutely doing the right thing there. Uh, Jaden Daniels, able to get on the outside. The eight, the student fan in, in the sidelines taking the pylon. Unreal. Going along. The, he should have won a Heisman for that. Able, Unreal. Able to get both pylons without getting hit by any just, players or uh, Just a clean sweep so perfectly timed. Just boom, boom. Gone. Yeah. And it, that, that was incredible by, by that fan and by LSU. The absolute big dick moment of the year on the football field. Mm-hmm. But my second one that I want to say is is that ref in the Tennessee-Alabama game when Hendon Hooker threw that interception 
the Alabama player, I, I believe it was Branch, going all the way to the 30-yard line. And then everyone thinking the game is over, including myself. I turned the game off at that point. Mm-hmm. And then all the way back at the 20-yard line, the ref throws the pass interference flag. <laughs> way, way too late. Yeah. In that the entire the entire fans of Tennessee think they lost that game. Everyone in Alabama are getting their cigars ready. And then this ref throws out the flag and says, Nope. We got a game on our hands. <laughs> Decides We've to, got a ball game. This game is about this, me. He knows who employs him. He he's getting the ratings up on CBS. Sure is. And absolutely the the biggest dick play out of a non football player. Yeah, Tennessee out Orange. The, out of the football football <laughs> season. And, and go Tennessee. Go Volunteers. Go Vols. Uh, mine is Cade Klubnik. Oh, yeah. Dude stepped up. Yeah. I mean, ACC championship game against North Carolina. He comes in for DJU. 20 for 24, 279 yards, a touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. And and Cade Klubnik is a guy that throughout the entire season, you know, Debo's saying that, oh, DJ's our QB. Cade like, says, oh, DJ's our QB. That was not so big dick of Cade when he would come into games and, you know, defer that starting QB. Mm -hmm. If we're on 2K, my player, I don't care about these fans. I'm saying, I'm the starter. (laughs) I'm that (laughs) dude. I'm I'm the guy. I'm him. (laughs) But Cade Klubnik eventually, you know. He's got to be there for me. At at the end of the season, shows why he's QB1. Kid's a stud. So Clemson, uh, you know, showed that they're not in the dark ages just yet. Yep. You know, compared to their success in the last few years. Uh, Tellier. (laughs) Your favorite award. (laughs) <laughs> the I've thrown up in my own mouth moment of the year. Uh, mine has to go to a season long of Thursday night football. Oh I mean, you go out, you pay Al Michaels, you pay Kirk Herbstreet, you get all these ex NFL players, Carissa Thompson looking beautiful as always in the pregame, halftime, postgame crew. And then you put out a product <laughs> that was an automatic under. In every single game. It was just the worst football week in, week out that I could have possibly watched. And to pay millions and millions of dollars for that, terrible. I think the, even, the, even the concept of Thursday Night Football should be out. Yeah, that was a big fuck you to Amazon <laughs> by the NFL, and I absolutely love it. You know, it, it's a battle of big corporations, right? We see the the competition between uh, Tesla or sorry, Musk and Bezos trying to get to the moon first, but then the NFL comes in and says, "Fuck you, Bezos! I'm not letting you win this this battle of the big corporations and giving him the absolute shittiest games on the calendar." As a degenerate gambler, I have to bet on every Thursday night game, but naturally over the stretch. It was physically painful mm. to watch those Thursday night games to see if the Colts could beat a spread of minus three as they That's go up a, into the fourth quarter. Yeah, you, you seven just, to seven. You got to start taking first quarter lines. Yeah, so just, that's all you have to watch. Just, get, just rip and off then, the band. And then you go live bet second quarter yep. if it's still yep. if you yep. hit. Yep. And then you, if you yep. keep hitting, you yep. just keep live. Yep. You know, rip off the band aid. Exactly. Absolutely. Just let it fly. My. I've thrown up in my own mouth moment of the year goes to Army Navy yep. <laughs> going, going over, uh, you know, service academy games, something along the lines of like 45-9-1 yep. on the under going into that game. Uh, Army Navy, they go over on total points. The, uh, the, the over under is like 33 in that oh, game, yeah. and they end up going 20-17. to 17. 
That's a first Army Navy overtime game. And check out these stat lines tell. <laughs> <laughs> Navy or Xavier R line. Their QB goes one for one, 25 yards and a touchdown. The only <laughs> passing touchdown of the game. Unreal. But, but also goes, you hear this, 28 carries for 102 yards. <laughs> just spectacular. Uh, nothing no, ar- nothing no. says service football like that. The Army quarterback, Tillier Tyler, doesn't even have the most pass attempts <laughs> in that game, but happens to have the most carries and yards. Goes like 23 for 62 for the Army side. That's a game that shouldn't have even gone into overtime. You have blocked punts returned for, for touchdowns. You have a 77-yard touchdown by Army, and it's just... You know, both of us had the under for that game, I'm sure, and Yo, yeah. just absolutely threw up in my own mouth when that didn't hit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Our final award of uh, the episode is why do you have to mess everything up? And mine goes to the U.S. men's national team who just simply cannot get the job done ever. Yeah, I think I think you're being harsh there, but no, that, I'm not. that's a very patriotic nope. standpoint, and I'll have to agree <laughs> with you, you know, for for team and country yep but you know we were there watching that game absolutely brutal stuff by that team weren't able to get anything going hey we uh, want to bet on the uh the next goal though to be scored oh, by yes, us yes, that was did. a fun yes, one we did so and I then was... the next one was netherlands because we had doubled down and uh yeah bad. so you know we, we don't talk about that but yeah yeah the world cup coming every four years and that's the feels like the only time when the country unites around yep. one thing and the absolute bollocks of absolute bollocks. Absolute bollocks. We're watching too much World Cup of the U.S. national team just not able to get the job done, you know, for the entire country is just frustrating. Is, is frustrating. Anyway, for myself, also going into European sports, I have Ferrari strategists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little Formula One. <laughs> and I, I myself, I have my Ferrari, you know, jacket over here. And yeah, but Benotto's out. Benotto's out. They have uh, Frank Vasseur. Freddie Freddie Vasseur coming. Dude's got the, the name for he, it. He's Perfect. got the looks. Don't have no idea if he's the guy, but Ferrari just absolutely taking the season into their own hands. Thanks, Leclerc. You are not winning the season. I've been given money by Red Bull. That that the cost capping. Yeah, just about. You, you know, the Red Bull going over the cost cap would not be surprised if there's some bribes going to Ferrari in that one. You Very know, in, in in a more corrupt in a more corrupt world would absolutely not put it past them to do it (laughs) (laughs) all right we appreciate y'all joining us for our award show that's ryan i'm tellier we'll see you next time let's talk new year's six boys that's how you feel and the guys are like asking all them questions asking all them questions why you asking all them questions making statements